Hey, Jim, I don't know if you know this, but we're a small podcast. I had started, I started <laughs> noticing that. Yeah. And something that really helps is when people subscribe to us, if they rate, review, subscribe, you know, you've heard it all before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it would really help us if our listeners would go over to youtube.com slash Kim for your life and subscribe to us. Mm-hmm. And to thank our listeners for doing that, we want to offer, if you just enter our giveaway, we're going to give you any merch item that you choose from our store on us as a thank you to one lucky winner. Exactly. So the steps are very simple. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Kim for your life. Mm, yes. And it's also in our show notes. You can just click it. Then take a screenshot, just proving that you subscribe. It's also okay if you've already subscribed in the past. It doesn't have to be a new subscription. Just if you are subscribed, screenshot it, email it to us at Kim for your life at gmail.com with the subject line reading giveaway entry. And then we'll select a winner on March 31st. Okay, so send us your entry before March 31st and maybe you can be the lucky winner and it'll help us out a ton. And you pick any merch item you want. So go ahead and go pick it out and dream about it, you know? Dream, wish, hope you're the lucky number one. (laughs) All right, thanks y'all. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, Jam, I'm very excited for today's episode. Really? That's weird. That's like kind of different than normal. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited about everything. (laughs) (laughs) But this one I am extra super excited about. I would love for there to be a time where we start an episode and you say, okay, Jam, I'm not excited about today's episode at all. And well, that's kind of how I felt about plastic. It was a little heartbreaking. That's true. But that's interesting. True. And important to share about. Yes. You know, so like you can be excited about telling everyone about something that's important for them to know without being excited about the fact that it is true. That it is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe sometimes I'll say this. Sometimes when I'm preparing to write an episode and I can't think of an idea that I'm excited about, yeah. then I'm not excited. Then I'm okay. like, ugh, and I don't want to do any of these topics. And then I get excited about one. So that's why I'm always excited right, about it. Right, right. It's the one that that you got excited about this past week. Right, okay. exactly. Got it. Okay, so what is it? Okay, it is <laughs> from listener. And actually, this person is a real life friend of ours. Okay. Katie J. Okay. She wrote in and asked about how Pop Rocks pop. Oh, nice. The old, the candy from old. Uh-huh. I mean, it probably still exists, but I have not, you know, had Pop Rocks in who knows how long. Well, I think we're going to have to do a little Pop Rocks experiment or something. Because Absolutely. it does still exist. And it's a really super fun question. And the answer is so chemistry. It sounds like it would have to be. Yeah. If not, then I would be like, okay, it must just be magic then. But it is not a chemical reaction, actually. It's chemicals doing things. Obviously, everything is kind of, but it's not a reaction. Okay. 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 So Pop Rocks were invented by a tag team of two chemists, according to the Pop Rocks website. Okay. Initially, it was invented by someone attempting to make an instant soda, like Coca-Cola in a tablet, I think, was the idea. Okay, like add this to some water and it'll become a a soda. Right. Okay, interesting. But it didn't really work out, so it kind of got abandoned. Okay. And then 20 years later, another chemist came along, saw the potential for this as a candy, and slightly modified it it Mm -hmm. to make it usable, 
And that's how Pop Rocks were born. Interesting. Wow. I would not have expected that. I know. I was very excited to see it on the website attributed to chemists because I think food chemists do a lot of things behind the scenes, but for it to just get the credit, oh, a chemist did this. So that was exciting to me. That is exciting. Huh. So what Pop Rocks are is essentially carbonated candy. Carbonated candy. So it's carbon dioxide? Yes. Okay. It's highly pressurized carbon dioxide in a hard candy shell. Interesting. Huh. So I want to talk about what highly pressurized carbon dioxide actually means. Okay. So I think we we think about things being under higher pressure. You know, if your air pressure in your tire is low versus if it's high. But what it actually means is if you have a higher concentration of gaseous molecules in a space than less concentration of gaseous molecules, they will move around more and exert more pressure on the container they're in. Okay. Because gaseous molecules are moving around and they're, they are trying to be further apart from one another. Right, right. So you may have heard this from the Andy on Parks and Rec. He says in a shocking move that gases expand to fill the size of the container they're in, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is like very surprising from him because he kind yeah. of is usually saying goofy stuff. And also, doesn't he say it in a really random time? Like, it's not even relevant <laughs> or something like that? I think it's because somebody has a poison-filled balloon, April. Oh, okay. And he said no, because if there was poison in one of these balloons, it would expand to fill the size of the container we're in or something like yeah. that. <laughs> so <laughs> these gases are moving around. They're trying to spread out. Mm-hmm. But if there is a high concentration of them and they can't spread out, they'll be under pressure, basically. They're putting pressure on the container okay. and you need the pressure to contain them back. Got it. Got it. The way I think of it, (laughs) I don't know why this came to my mind, is if you think of a high pressure situation, it's similar to having a fish, Mm -hmm. fish net full of fish, like in that Finding Nemo part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they all swim down. Yes. There's tons of fish in the area and they're all trying to break out, but they can't really. But there's so many in there that they're really exerting pressure on the net. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's great. But analogy. normal air is like a fish net with not very much. Like the air that we're in right now is mostly empty space with a few molecules uh-huh. around. So inside your pop rocks are little bubbles inside the hard candy shell uh-huh. with highly concentrated CO2 in them. Okay. Interesting. So that's known as pressurized carbon dioxide bubbles. Yeah. So a high concentration of CO2 in a smaller space than you normally have. Okay. 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 So as soon as the fishnet gets removed, Uh the fish are going to scatter, right? Right. Right. Okay. So that is essentially what happens when you have the pop rocks in your mouth. Mm -hmm. They're in this container that's holding all the CO2 in. Right. But as you put it in your mouth and the sugar starts to break down, eventually the pressure that the molecules are putting on the container to try to get out is going to be greater than the gradually thinning, smaller, smaller sugar wall. And eventually the molecules will be able to break out as if the fish tank popped Uh, open or the fish net popped open. Right. So that's why it feels like a pop. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because they're able to, at a certain point, overcome... The strength mm-hmm. of the walls that are kind of holding them in and they do kind of pop out. 
Yes. But it is just a gas that was tra- trapped in there. Yes. It's a gas that was trapped in there that gets its opportunity to rapidly expand to fill the size of the container. In this case, your mouth, or yeah. if you open your mouth, the whole atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So if you held your mouth closed while you had pop rocks in there, would your like kind of cheeks puff up a little bit, you think? Or was it not enough to do that? It might. I don't know. I've never tried that before. You'd have to keep your mouth closed the whole time. But also, I don't think your mouth is a closed system, That's right. right. Yeah. You have to breathe the whole time. So you'd be in yeah. the, you'd let it out. Yeah. yeah. The, but there through. also <laughs> was some fear that it could choke children for that reason. Uh-huh. But really, it that's not possible. The worst that could happen is you'd get like gas in your tummy. Yeah. Right. Is right. what it, you know, it seems like they're considered safe. When, when people measure like different amounts of pressure for like gases and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've heard just in like, I guess, TV shows and books and stuff, because I like sci-fi things, they'll use the word like atmosphere. Yes. Do they mean that almost as like a uh, a word to describe what would be a normal amount of pressure if you just measured like outside in Yeah, on pretty Earth, much. Basically? It's just another unit of measurement for pressure. So there's like... I don't remember what the other one is because I feel like I used atmosphere most often. Uh-huh. But atmosphere is a unit of pressure and it's actually not the same everywhere outside. I think it's at sea level. Oh, I see. I see. The yeah. amount of pressure that is exerted just by literally the atmosphere. So you would need like four atmospheres to be under greater pressure or whatever. So it's a unit of measurement, almost like a mile, you yeah, know, right. or a pound. It's like this amount of pressure is equal to an atmosphere. Yeah. And you can convert that. That We didn't do that. We don't use that very much in OCHEM, but in yeah. GenChem, you'll use that to solve problems, especially about gas uh-huh. molecules and figure out how much pressure and how many molecules would give you this temperature, things like that. Got it. Got it. Is there another more like chemist, chemistry related unit to measure pressure that's not atmospheres or is that the standard? First? I definitely use atmospheres a lot. I think I just had that. <laughs> There's a constant they mm-hmm. use in gas equations and you can have it in a bunch of different units. And I had the atmosphere one memorized. So I'd use that the most. <laughs> got it. Got it. But there's also PSI and I think the SI unit is maybe Pascal's. Okay. Okay. And then there's also bars. We used bar a lot. B-A-R-R. Okay. Yes. I don't know why none of those other ones came to my mind. PSI obviously would should have thought of because of <laughs> tires. Yeah. And bars I should have thought of because of coffee. That's what like they measure pressure for like a espresso machine. In bars. Oh, interesting. So both those should have come to mind for me. I think it just, the idea of a, a gas. sciencey one. Right. And a gas captured and contained somewhere. Um, yeah. That, you know, PSI should come to mind. But bars, I think of like, oh, you're, I'm putting pressure on something. Yes. I, so atmosphere, I don't know, for some reason seemed different than that. But yeah. it makes sense. You'd measure, you could measure those in similar ways or whatever. They're all essentially measuring the same thing, just the same way Fahrenheit and Celsius are measuring the same thing. Okay. Or like... Miles and meters are both measuring distance. They're all measuring pressure, but they just have different methods of measuring pressure. Right. And I, I guess they probably have different, like one unit would be different sizes too. Right. Like yes. obviously that's one of the benefits people have or like, you know, Celsius over Fahrenheit instead or whatever. Like one degree of Celsius is actually larger than a degree of Fahrenheit. Yeah. It's like that. With a quick Google, I found that one standard atmosphere is equal to 14 PSI. So yeah, they're different okay. basic units. I don't know if that means very much to people. but <laughs> Well, that's why we have to put more air in our tires. We can't just have 14 PSI and our tires just like leave my tire outside for a little bit, let it fill <laughs> with 14 PSI. Like that's not going to 
be enough. What tire pressures do tires normally need to have? I don't have that off the top of my head. 32 yeah. is like, I think our car, or at least the, at least the one set of the wheels is 32. Yeah. But that's just off the top of my head. So that's double yeah. atmospheric pressure. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. So there you go. That's a little side note. That was a fun, that was a fun side note. Yeah. A little tangent. Sorry. I mean, it ended up being panning out, I guess, but. <laughs> that's okay. I think that was fun. So, and that's basically it. That's how pop rocks work. Okay. Except there oh. is more chemistry to it than just gas molecules trying to expand to fill a container. Okay. How do you think does the sugar dissolve? Because of our saliva? Right. But what would allow our saliva to interact with sugar molecules? So let's say, I know there's other stuff in saliva. Let's mm-hmm. let's get rid of all the other stuff in saliva and just yeah. focus on the water in saliva. Right, right. How does water interact with sugar? Yeah, say it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the water dissolves the sugar. Yeah. Is it, do you want me to say more than that? I do want you to say, (laughs) if you can't, it's okay, but I think you have the answer for this already. So what have you learned about how two molecules interact with each other? Like how is the water molecule interacting with a sugar molecule? Um... Seems like you know exactly what you want me to say, and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, there's so many things I could pull out of my brain from different episodes, and like, and none of them could be right. Uh, I think you do know the right answer. I just okay. think you haven't applied it in this new context yet. Okay, so one thing I could think of is that it could, you know, just the bonds could change a lot. So, like. Either the water could start breaking down parts of the sugar or it could start exchanging molecules or electrons between each other or something like that. Okay, so that would be a chemical reaction, but that doesn't happen because sugar stays sugar even when it dissolves. Okay. That's Um, a good guess. Okay, oh, oh, I got this, I got this. Okay, so it's just that the molecules of sugar (laughs) are able to spread out. So they're very close together, right? Packed okay. in, with it, and they're in a crystalline situation. Uh huh. Yes. So, is it that because of the water, it's able to? That's why it changes form. It's not solid anymore. It slowly becomes a liquid because the sugar molecules stay liquid. They stay sugar, but they're <laughs> spreading apart. You're so close. Okay. Ugh. The sugar molecules they do move around from being all. In one crystalline state, but they're not changing to a liquid. They're getting dissolved, which means the water molecules are surrounding them. Okay. But we learned one type of force that describes how two molecules interact. A series of forces that describe how molecules interact. Oh, intermolecular? Yes. <laughs> Is it a specific one you want me to say? No, I just wanted you to bring up intermolecular okay. forces. <laughs> okay. Man. That's a bad teaching technique. Usually you should ask a wide range question so that students can say a lot. Yeah. But we talk about intermolecular forces so much, I thought you would have it on the top of your brain. Well, what's funny is that like, I think because we talk about it so much, it doesn't occur to me to be like the answer to a question. Ah. It's like, it is so much a part of everything we do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, she wants to get specific. Like, okay, well, what's happening at the molecular level, I don't know. I'm going to guess. But I liked, though, that you were thinking about the molecular level. 
I so, think that is important. So anyway, yes, I probably could have easily gotten that. I yeah. just was thinking too hard or something. Yeah, you were you overshot. Yeah, you yeah. were being too impressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> so intermolecular forces allows the water molecules to interact with the sugar to actually dissolve that sugar and take the individual sugar molecules and they'll they'll spread all out in the water and our saliva. Got it. I'm sure there's also other things in our saliva that are happening, like enzymes and stuff. Yeah. But you can also see pop rocks pop in water. Right, right. Okay. And then there's another thing that exists in our mouths that makes this dissolving happen more rapidly that allows the CO2s to break out or the CO2 molecules to break out. Okay. So if our mouths were cold, when we put the pop rocks in, you would have less energy being put into the molecules. Right. So the heat of our mouths not only makes it easier for the sugar to dissolve in the water of mm -hmm. our saliva, but it also puts energy into those carbon dioxide molecules. So they are moving around more. Right. So they're more ready to break out of their sugary cells yeah. than they would be if it was in a cold temperature. Right, right. So our mouths not only give the water that dissolves the sugar so that the barrier for the CO2 to break out is thinner and thinner. Yeah. But it also puts heat into the way these molecules are interacting to give them more energy so that everything happens faster. Got it, got it, right. So that's your three-in-one chemistry lesson. Okay, wow. There's a lot more to pop rocks than I thought. I, I don't know what I would have expected, but yeah. I didn't really think about what they were either. I kind of assumed it would have been a acid-base reaction to produce the chemistry, like to produce the carbon dioxide on the spot. Uh -huh. I didn't think about the fact that they could just have put the carbon dioxide in. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of things are carbon dioxide, like... If you mix, mix baking powder and, or baking soda and vinegar, baking powder is uh, a base and an acid already mixed in. Yeah. All those things that release bubbles, bath bombs, a lot of stuff we've talked about before just releases bubbles. Yeah. So I think I assumed there was some, <laughs> when we put it in our mouths, the liquid allowed some acid base reaction to happen and yeah. that was the pop. I see. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense too. Yeah. Okay, so... That's your three-in-one chemistry lesson, and I want you to try and give it back to me. Okay. And then I'm going to, one, give our listeners and you an at-home experiment you can do with Pop Rocks. Okay, sweet. And two, I'm going to talk about one other link to a previous episode we've talked about that could play into how Pop Rocks interact with our bodies. Okay, sweet. Okay. So the first thing that we talked about is that there is carbon dioxide gas that has been trapped inside these little pop rocks mm -hmm. on purpose. Yes. And obviously that carbon dioxide gas wants to get out, mm -hmm. especially because it has been very pressurized. They put a lot of gas in a, in a an amount of space that the gas wants more room. Yes. As the soon gas as it, molecules. Yes. Yeah. And so all these molecules of carbon dioxide are packed in there. And they are waiting for a chance to bust out. Yes. But before we put these in, these little pop rocks in our mouths, they do not yet have enough pressure to break out. Right. Uh, of, of how strong the pop rock is. Yeah. The sugar is a strong cage. 
one of the the images that came to mind for me, I liked your fish in net in a net mm-hmm. thing a lot. I was thinking about I went grocery shopping last night and came back. I was thinking about how um, treacherous it can sometimes be when you are bringing a lot of groceries in <laughs> and some bags are very, very full yes. of stuff. That's a good one. <laughs> you know, every bag of groceries, if you have either paper or plastic or if you use your own, mm-hmm. obviously if you have reusable shopping bags, this is not going to be as much of a problem for you. But for either paper or plastic, you can get a lot of groceries in some of those, <laughs> but the risk starts to become higher and higher of yes. those groceries busting free from the constraints <laughs> of the bag. Yeah, definitely. And that's always sad, especially when it ends up being the apples or like that that fall out. Or the glass, like olive jar container, olive yeah. oil container. Yeah, yeah. So in the Pop Rocks, as we put the Pop Rocks in our mouths and we start to dissolve away the sugar that the carbon dioxide is trapped inside, mm-hmm. the the walls of what is containing them become thinner and thinner. Yes. And it gets more and more possible, more and more easy for them to be able to eventually break out. Yep. And once it gets thin enough and they do that, it feels to us very much like something just popped. Yep. Um, even though it's not really like a chemical reaction kind of thing that happened, it was just already in there. Yes. And got a chance to release itself. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that's happening is the is the second thing the dissolving you said? Yes, I talked about also the dissolving. Okay, so the reason that our saliva there's probably other things in our saliva, but one of the basic things would just be that there is water in our mm-hmm. saliva, and it is able to dissolve the sugar and start pulling it apart and away and stuff because of intermolecular forces. That's right. Well, I do want to ask in your analogy of your bags, intermolecular forces. I don't think I did a quick review of intermolecular forces, but it's just Mm. the way that the electrons in two different molecules allow the two molecules to interact. Right, right. And we did a lot of episodes about that early on, so you can go back and listen to some of those. But what in your analogy is pulling apart your grocery sack? (laughs) Hmm. Is it some, is there a nefarious creature below (laughs) spreading it? You know, if there it's, could easily be. I mean, that could be one of our dogs. Or um, a child. Or a child. If it's a brown paper bag and it gets wet. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a good, yeah. yeah okay. 100%. Like, if, like a lot of times they want to put frozen stuff in the brown paper bags, which mm-hmm. I, it's always confused me a little bit because of the fact that in the car ride, the frozen stuff is getting meltier. Yep. Um, I realize some of it's because of the size of the bags. You can fit a lot in there. Oh, yeah. But then you get home and the paper bags are wet. Yeah. And way more. That is a good analogy. If you have a brown paper bag busting full and it's, there's condensation happening. Yeah. 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 There we go. That's it. It's slowly (laughs) defying the integrity of the situation. Yes. I had to not think about that before, but yeah, now it makes sense. That's a good one. Um, And it's water in both cases. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> it's probably very similar at the molecular level yeah. what the water is doing in both of them. <laughs> and then the third thing you said that we've talked about in a bunch of other episodes too mm-hmm. is just that heat and the uh, increased energy that comes with heat mm-hmm. will often speeds up reactions of any kind. It just makes molecules move around more. They move around more. And that would be, obviously our mouths are usually warmer mm-hmm. than the outside of our mouths 
unless you are in a super hot place, in which case I feel, I feel for you. Um, Yikes. <laughs> and so we're doing a lot of things there. It's like we're introducing um, water mm-hmm. to start to dissolve the sugar while at the same time introducing more heat than they had. So it's, it's all happening faster. Yes. Um, but it still could happen if you just put room temp water, put the pop rocks in there, it would still probably happen. It just might be slower. Yes. So I think that was a great analogy. One thing is that the heat makes the carbon dioxide molecules move more. Oh, yeah. Which basically puts more pressure. So similar to when it got cold, uh-huh. our air pressure and our tires goes down. Uh-huh. When it heats up, the air pressure goes back up. Okay. So would it speed up? It would... Usually we've also talked about like water temperature being higher, being better for dissolving stuff. Yes. So it does two things. Yes. It's increasing the pressure of the gas. Yes. The CO2 that's trapped in there and uh, increasing the speed at which and the amount of which um, sugar can dissolve into the warm uh, water in our mouths that we call saliva. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Nice. Okay. So, and that brings us beautifully into a chemistry experiment you can do with pop rocks. So if you have two different sets of pop rocks, or you can just split them into two evenly, okay, you can put some pop rocks into warm water and some into very cool water, like maybe water straight out of the refrigerator uh-huh. and compare the rates at which they pop. Okay. That would be a fun experiment, especially yeah. for kids. Yeah, definitely. And ask yourself, okay, why is this one happening faster? Or, you know, whatever. I haven't done this. Yeah. I found a very similar reaction on the American Chemical Society website where they are not reaction, I guess, a very similar experiment uh-huh. where they did that. And I included the link in our references, but I really want to do that now. Nice. That sounds fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have a hard craving for pop rocks now. <laughs> the other fun fact about this is we have CO2 detectors on our tongue. Uh-huh. We talked about that way, way back on the why does carbon dioxide carbonated water taste weird episode or something. Yeah. We talked to my brother requested it. Yeah. I remember. Does carbon, does carbonation have a taste? I think yes. That's like, what it was. Yes. Like so it's possible that this whole experience is made more enjoyable by those CO2 detectors on our tongue. Interesting. I feel like I don't know for sure. And I'm sure people have not looked into that. Yeah. But I'm assuming that adds to the sensation. If we're feeling the popping of the rock literally breaking open and we're feeling the sensation of CO2 on our tongue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that was my tidbit, but I haven't found references for that. That's just what I assume. Yeah. Interesting. So those are two fun things for you to take away after our chemistry lesson. Yeah. There's a few callbacks to other episodes in this. Like it happens a lot, obviously, but this one seems like it's got several that are at first glance, might not seem related. I mean, the carbon yeah. dioxide one definitely seems related, but we've talked about intermolecular forces tons. We've talked about things dissolving and other things tons. Chemistry Heat. is all related. Yeah. Weird. We discovered that just now. Like, <laughs> you guys didn't realize this, but like, it's all related. It's all related. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it here first. <laughs> I don't want my, uh, my <laughs> chemistry professors from grad school to be like... <laughs> You heard it here first. Yeah. You just now got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jam heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so great job. That was a fun episode. Yeah, that was very interesting. I like that one a lot. Is there anything else fun 
that's happened to you lately that you want to talk about besides how much fun this Pop Rocks episode was? Ooh, man, how that's so tough. What could be more fun than this Pop Rocks episode? Hmm. Okay, so I have something fun sort of to share about that kind of relates to this our podcast, a previous topic. So I, you and I were both very affected by the Teflon slash cast iron. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Episodes. We've talked about it a bunch of times. I've somehow found a way to bring it up a lot in my like fun thing from the week or whatever. <laughs> so you really took it to heart, you know, I really did. And so the other day I was at the store and there was steak that was like on sale quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I like rarely ever eat it. I, not against it or whatever, but just going to a nice steakhouse, something that my wife and I just don't do very often or whatever. Yeah. You guys go to Asian food places totally. most often. We yeah. do both appreciate good steak, but you know, good steak, high price, that kind of stuff. Right. So I was like, why not? And so we bought some <laughs> steak <laughs> and I looked up some really good, like, um, cast iron steak recipes. Mm. And by recipe, I mean like, I mean, it's not like it's, you know, crazy, but yeah. I've never tried to make steak at home. So just bear with me. I re- I'm not uh, trying to reinvent the wheel here. I was discovering the wheel for the first time. <laughs> All you guys already out there. Yeah, have Mason already... and I only cook steak on cast iron yeah. and usually at home. Yeah. We're like, we could probably do it better. I've never tried to make steak, do girl steak on my own. How ever. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is really good on a, on a good old fashioned grill. Yeah. And I have one of my old roommates would do that on a grill. Mm-hmm. But the tough thing is that it, at least to me, seemed pretty hit or miss. Yeah. It was, he messed it up sometimes it's easier um, with a gas grill that's more consistent if yeah. you can kind of get your where it goes on the grill down yeah. yeah and so we did we made steak cooked steak grilled steak whatever you want to say in our cast iron pans and it was so good yeah so <laughs> dang good and i just found a super simple like recipes like salt nice. rub yeah kind of thing leave it in the fridge for a day or so and it was really fun and also you know, my wife and I don't do fancy stuff at all very often. Yeah. It's like, whoa, we're at having steak? I know. Yeah. It yeah. makes a regular day fancy. A yeah. lot of times for holidays, that's our go-to. We're yeah. like, it's, you know, a, a bank holiday. We're off work on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Let's have mm-hmm. steak for dinner. Nice. Our two go-tos are French toast for breakfast or steak for dinner. Nice. And then we made some really good, like we, we love Brussels sprouts a lot and have oh, a yeah. very specific recipe we love to do, but we did that also. Love Brussies. And so it was like even more... Uh, special meal. So fancy. So, Did you have a good potato with it? Like a nice potato wedge or some kind of thing? We did. We have this microwave I talked about before. Oh, that's yeah. That's like a four-in-one. Someone did reach out and ask yeah. us about the type of microwave it it's was. It's kind of nuts. So it's like <laughs> got a broiler, a convection oven, and an air fryer all in there, which I realize that's probably a lot of the same technology, but it has very different settings for, the, for things you do. And it calls it a four-in-one. Okay, that's their marketing, <laughs> not me. Anyway, we baked potatoes in there. Nice. And what was crazy, too, is it was so fast. Yeah. It was incredible. And anyway, so that's kind of my thing. We had a fancy That's meal. a good one. Some of you guys are like, we do that all the time, but we don't. And we have a kid. And so anything. So it's hard to do fancier things. Yeah. Anything fancy, it also was cheap, is yeah. like, wow, that's that makes for a fun week. Yeah, that really does. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> well, I have a very like only kid free type. People are going to do this. So mine's kind of similar. Okay. I okay. guess in, in that it was a fun, spontaneous kind of fancy thing. Nice. 
So I went to Austin on a work trip a while back and it was so fun. And I was telling Mason about all the good food I ate uh-huh. and I love Indian food and there's a not high concentration of that in Denton. Yeah. And there's so much good in Austin and I was just so excited. So I convinced him that we should take a day trip. Oh, nice. To Austin. Uh-huh. And we could thrift and do all these things. So that's been on the, hey, let's do this yeah. idea for a while. And then I was on TikTok, which shout out, I'm at Morgana Melissa on TikTok if you yeah. want to follow me. But I was on TikTok and I found an Austin photographer who happened to be needing models to come and do a downtown like South Congress photo walk. Whoa. And I said, hey, we will get our pictures taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we did, and it was really fun. So we got our pictures taken from this on this downtown South Congress walk. So we went to all those cool murals in Austin, which I'd, I've been to Austin a lot. I had uh-huh. never seen South Congress because I don't like trying to park yeah, in yeah. hard places. Right. So, but that was really fun and worth it. And she was really cool. She's, I think, at... Emily makes stuff. That's her business name. Uh-huh. I'll tag her in some pictures I can post that she took. Yeah. And she did a really good job and we had so much fun. Nice. Dude, that's awesome. That sounds super fun. Yeah. I had no idea you guys did that. It was so spontaneous. We just kind of took off randomly one day. We mm-hmm. were back in time for, uh, we had church stuff on Sunday. We were back yeah. in time for that. Yeah. We had good food. We have this beautiful city with really delicious food and cool cultural stuff just a few hours away. And yeah. We wanted to take advantage. That's awesome. Very cool. So that was a really good time. That's that's what my fun thing was. Yeah. So now if you're in Denton, Catherine Nicole Photography. If you're in Southern DFW, B Dallas Creations. Uh-huh. And if you're in Austin, Emily Makes Stuff. Nice. We've got a photographer for you all over Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our that was our fun adventure. Almost as fun as this Pop Rocks episode. (laughs) (laughs) Which we have Katie J, our friend and listener, to thank for that idea. I'm suggesting it. And if you out there have a question in your everyday life you've wondered about, like, is this chemistry? And if so, how? And if how, when? And if when, (laughs) could someone tell me? And that's why we are here. So please send your ideas or questions or thoughts to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Chem, F-O-R, Your Life, to share your thoughts and ideas with us. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash chemforyourlife. And the link is also in our show notes to donate the cost of a cup of coffee to help keep our show going. And if you're not able to donate, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app and rating and writing our review on Apple Podcasts. That also helps us to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Kalini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Hefner and V. Garza, who reviewed this episode. 